Okay, today's scripture is Matthew 14, verses 22 through 33. Immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead to the other side, while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up to the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone, but by this time the boat, battered by the waves, was far from the land, for the wind was against them. And early in the morning, he came walking towards them on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified, saying, It is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, Come. So Peter got out of the boat, started walking on the water, and came towards Jesus. But when he noticed the strong wind, he became frightened, and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and caught him, saying to him, You of little faith, why did you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind ceased. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Thank you so much. You know, fear is such a powerful thing in our lives. It can be a powerful thing. And and what's always fascinating to me is uh, things that I'm afraid of, you might not be afraid of. And and you might think they're silly. And, And things that you're afraid of, I might think I'm not afraid of at all. You know, for some of you, the thought of standing up here is frightening. And for me, it's just an everyday occurrence. But so we all have different fears. We all have things that, uh, that make us scared. And, and sometimes it's really hard to face our fears. So today we're going to be looking at the, uh, the things that make us scared, especially when it comes to money. Uh, and we're in the middle of this sermon series entitled Fight Night, Conversations About Money. And we, and we talked last week how when it comes to money, it's not about the money. When it comes to arguments, resentment, struggles with money, it's not about the money. It's how money makes us feel. If you are here last week, you heard that. And so kind of keep that theme with you as we start uh, today in this series. And, and I would encourage you too, for many of you, you might want to take notes on the back of the, the bulletin there as a place for you to take notes as we uh, kind of hopefully give you some tips, especially if you're married, or uh, to understand conversations about money, and especially fear. Because a big part of our issues with money is fear. It's how money makes us feel. And we all have different fears when it comes to money issues. And so I want to illustrate by looking at this interaction that uh, we just read about Jesus and, and walking on the water. So imagine that you're on a boat on the Sea of Galilee. Now, I've actually had the immense blessing of being on the Sea of Galilee in a boat. The water was calm. That's the way I like it. I'm from the Panhandle. I like boats. I like water, but I like calm waters. I can't imagine being on the Sea of Galilee with a storm, especially in the middle of the night and struggling against the wind and the waves. But just picture yourself on the Sea of Galilee, uh, fighting against the winds and waves uh, all night long as you're trying to get across the, 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 the sea there. And then all of a sudden, you see someone coming, walking on the water. 
I think I'd have been like the disciples. It's a ghost. I'm seeing things. I've been up way too late. Uh, it's not making sense. And they were terrified. They're scared. And then all of a sudden, Jesus says, hey, no, it's not a ghost. It's me. And imagine in a moment of courage, you say, hey, Jesus, can I come out there with you? Can I walk out on the water with you? And imagine as you step out of that boat to walk on the water. And, and I have to admit, I think I'd be like Peter. Initially, I'd be excited. Hey, Jesus is gonna invite me out on the water. But then Peter let the fears overcome him, didn't he? And he was looking at the, the, the waves and, and he's afraid, right? What's he afraid of? He's afraid of dying. He's afraid of drowning. That's, that's what he's scared of. Uh, he's afraid that he's drowned. Now, Jesus isn't afraid that he's gonna drown, right? For Jesus, this fear of drowning of Peter is irrational. That's not what Jesus is afraid of. What's, what's Jesus afraid of? He's afraid Peter won't have any faith. We have these two different fears. And most of us, can relate to Peter in this situation. Some of us struggle relating to Jesus. Jesus is saying, why, why are you worried? I'm here. Why are you afraid? Don't be afraid. So we have these two different fears going on at the same time. Peter is uh, afraid of drowning and Jesus afraid that he won't have faith. Two different fears. And that's typically the problem when it comes to money and our relationships with our spouses. We both have fears we both have struggles, but a lot of times they're different fears and for different reasons. And what's worse is oftentimes we don't realize or understand the fears of our partners, our spouses. And, and, and often when we try to fix those fears, it often makes it worse, not better. And so let me give you an illustration. Now, again, this sermon in this series comes from a great book. I talked about it last week. Uh, the book is called Thriving in Love and Money by Shante and Jeff Feldhahn. And, and much of what follows comes from that great resource. And, and so imagine for a second, here's the illustration I want to give you. Imagine that you're afraid of heights. Any of you actually afraid of heights? Any of you out there? Yeah, some of you, this is not going to take no imagination. For the rest of you, imagine you're afraid of heights. And imagine standing on the edge of a cliff, thousand feet down. You're standing right there on the edge, right? In that moment, what are you thinking about? You're not thinking about your taxes, are you? You're not thinking about what you're gonna have for dinner. You're not thinking about anything except how do I get away from this, the edge of this cliff, right? And that's, that's how it is oftentimes when we, when we come up against our money fears. We have certain fears that we face when it comes to money. And sometimes we feel like we're standing on the edge of a cliff. Now, I'm gonna invite my wife up to help with this illustration because we have been in this scenario so many times. And so here's the thing. My wife has her own money fears. They're different than mine. Let's, I'll turn that on for you. There we go. Uh, and so I'm over here standing on my cliff of fear. And oftentimes she's on a different cliff of fear looking over. Really far down. It's a, it's a long scary. way down. And so what happens when you're standing on the edge of a cliff, the only thing that comes to your mind is how do I get back from this cliff? How do I keep from, because my fear is I'm going to trip and be clumsy and fall over this edge of this cliff and kill myself. That's my fear. Uh, but so I'm going to back away from this fear. So what am I going to do? I'm going to try whatever I can to put something in between me and this cliff of fear because hey, Rick, I don't want to fall over really scary, this really cliff of fear far down. as I 
do all these things to stop these fears. And see how really great scary. it is because now I'm not going to fall over this not cliff. Not helping me. Not helping. But here really my wife scary. is over here on a different cliff. And I'm saying to myself, look, look at all that I've done to make sure that I don't fall over the edge of this cliff. And what is she thinking? <laughs> not helping. In fact, she's, she might be thinking to herself, why are you wasting your time with all this stuff? It's not helping. And I'm over here going, look at all that I've done. I've gotten all this stuff to make sure that we don't fall over this cliff. And she's over there thinking you've done nothing. This is how money fights start oftentimes. This is because we're looking over different edges, different cliffs, different fears. That makes sense? That's the illustration I want you to keep in mind as we go through. Good job. Thank you for that. Yeah, yeah, clap for her. And especially early in our marriage, even now though, there are times when we're looking over two different cliffs of fear and we can't figure out why the other is afraid, why the other is struggling and what's really going on underneath the surface. Now, and the other problem with it is you saw that sometimes we try to fix our fears and it makes it worse for the other person. It makes it worse, and they, they might even think that what we're doing is making, is irrational. And it is irrational for them, but not for you, right? And so that's why talking and learning how to talk about money and these big issues is so very important. And, and that's, again, how money arguments start. Actually, come back up for a second. There, another image you might want is sometimes we might even be back to back looking at fears. And as I'm trying to back away from my edge, I'm pushing her over her edge and, and vice versa. And so we have this argument going back and forth oftentimes and, and it causes struggles. And too often in culture, what happens is that couples give up. They think that they're never gonna figure it out. That, and, and so many relationships begin to build resentment and anger and frustration. And they might end up saying, you know, this relationship isn't going to work. It's not you, it's me. But inside we're really thinking it's you, right? We're really thinking you're the problem. You're the reason this isn't working out because you have these weird, irrational fears, these things going on that just do not help. And the problem is we both want freedom from our fears, and we're both desperately trying to back away from the edge of our fears, but it's actually causing problems in the relationship, and we can't see it. We're blinded by our own fears that we can't see any, what anyone else might be dealing with, right? Because again, when you're standing on this clip of fear, you're not thinking about what your spouse's fear is. You're thinking about your own. You're kind of self-absorbed when you're standing on an edge of a cliff. All you're thinking about is, how can I fix this problem? And then when we fix the problem, we think we've fixed everyone else's problem, but we haven't. And so that's so important. So what are the fears that men and women typically have when it comes to money? Well, I'm glad you asked. Here it is. So for men, see if this resonates with you. Now, this isn't the case with everyone, but this is what is typical in relationships. For men, typically a man's biggest fear is that they won't be able to provide for their family financially. Typically, a man's biggest fear is that he can't provide financially 
for his family. That's our fear. And so security for a man means financial security. Even those men who are spenders and who love to spend money, and you're thinking, that, that makes no sense, but it does. Even if they're spenders, they typically, their fear is that they can't provide. And this fear is fueled by one of our greatest vulnerabilities. And, and women, you need to know this, and men, you need to know this as well. What is that vulnerability? That vulnerability is that we're not enough. That we're not enough. That we can't provide. That we're not good enough. That we're not smart enough. And, and, and we, we're just not gonna be able to figure it out. That's one of our biggest vulnerabilities as men is that we're not enough. So for women, a woman's fear, her cliff is typically not financial. It's not financial security that they're looking for. They're looking for emotional security. Wired for emotional security. Security means that uh, it, it's about more about, is everyone okay? You know, are, are, are we okay? You know, that's, that's the emotional security. If we're okay and if the kids, if they're all right, if we're doing all right, then, then everything's okay, right? And, and their fear is wrapped around making sure everyone's doing all right. And, and, and that's how they live their life typically, is they're making sure everything's all right. And, and this fear is fueled by a woman's greatest vulnerability. Does he, husband, love me? Am I enough for him? And so it's a similar fear, but it's a little different. You can see, you can see that. So much of our fighting and our arguments over money occur because we don't realize that the other person is trying to stay away from a different cliff. And that's where the fights occur. The problem is we don't realize we're dealing with different fears. That's why talking about money and understanding this topic is the most important thing you can do for your relationship. As I said last week, and I will continue to say, it is not about the money. It is about how money makes us feel. And so this is so important. And and so often when we're dealing with this, we think that our spouse doesn't care because we're doing all these things over here and they're over there going, that's not helping. You don't care about me. And we're over here going, yeah, I care, but I don't see why you don't get that what I'm doing is helping. And you can see where this clash is because we're different people and our arguments come from these different fears. And here's another factor. In case you don't know this, let me, let me clue you in on something. Men and women's brains are wired differently. Did you know that? In spite of what the world will try to tell you today, men and women are created differently. We, we are wired differently. Our brains think differently. And I believe it was intentional. God created us. Male and female, he created us. In the image of God, he created us. And, and that was intentional because we both bring value to humanity. We both add value in how we communicate, how we process, how we deal. And it is such a beautiful thing when we understand it. It can be a fight waiting to happen when we don't understand it. So we process information differently. And, and see if this holds true for you. Have you ever done this? Have you ever asked a man what he's thinking? And he says, nothing. Right? Yeah? Any of you relate to that? <laughs> yeah? Come on. Yeah. No, we actually have the ability to think about nothing. For women, that is absolutely shocking because they're like, how can you think about nothing? That's impossible. 
That is impossible to do. Because for a woman, it is impossible to think about nothing. Because they have so many things on their mind. And this is just how we're wired. You know, if you ask a woman what she's thinking about, you gotta sit down for about 30 minutes because she's gonna just, here's what I'm thinking about. Here it is. Blah. And they're all unrelated. It's amazing. And, and I remember early in our marriage, I was asked one of the scariest questions I was ever asked by my spouse. Were you thinking about me at work today? You know, Ben, there's a right answer and a wrong answer to that question. But here's the thing. In my brain, I had to process that a second. Because internally, I'm thinking, why would I be thinking about you? I'm at work. <laughs> yeah. Hey, don't say that. Okay? Let me give you a tip. Never say that. Of course I'm thinking about you. But here's the thing, is because we're able to think about one thing at a time, sometimes we don't think about other important things because that's not worth we're thinking about at the moment. I know that sounds weird, and for women, that just makes no sense. But for, here's the thing. For men and women, if you think about our brains, um, men tend to have the ability to compartmentalize what they're thinking about. So we can have a lot on our mind, but think about one thing at a time. We can have a lot of chaos going on, but tend to have the ability to focus on one thing at a time. Women typically don't have that ability. They think about everything at the same time. And that's, that's the struggle. So if you think about it, if you have a computer, you know, you could have a, a lot of open windows on a computer. And we, men can tend to minimize all of them, but one, women, all of them are open all the time. Some of y'all are laughing because it's true, right? It's, it's typical. So we all could have a thousand things on our mind and be dealing with chaos, but we deal with it. We process it differently. And this is so important, but this can complicate things, especially our relationships. So let me give you an example that just happened to me recently. Before Easter, I was tasked with the task to go get gifts for our intermediate school teachers that we adopt and pray for. And so I had three teachers. I'm in charge. Go to the store, get gifts for our intermediate school teachers, take them to the school. I got it. I, it took me five stops, five stores to get everything that I thought I needed, but that's another story in itself. And so I, I'm shopping. I get it all done. I get back to the house. I'm separating it all out, the candy, the, all the things they like, putting them in there. And then all of a sudden it dawns on me. You know what I should have done while I was out at five different stops? I should have bought something for my wife. But why didn't it occur to me? I wasn't shopping for my wife, right? I was shopping for gifts for the teachers. Now, if my wife goes to buy gifts for the teachers, what's she gonna do? She's gonna buy a loaf of bread because she knows that we're out of bread and she's gonna do all these other things. Oh, and I need to get a gift for this person, all that, because all of these are open windows that she's processing at once. I never even thought about it. Went to five stores, never even thought about buying her an Easter gift because I wasn't shopping, I, y'all, y'all are tracking. This is both the beauty and the frustration of relationships between men and women. We have different fears, we process differently, we have different strengths and weaknesses, and these differences are truly a gift from God. They can, we can help each other when we understand these differences. These differences are what makes the human race so beautiful. But it is also can cause frustration if we, if we don't spend time figuring out what those differences are and, and, and what makes us tick and how we process. So 
as you can see that there are sometimes some unintended consequences of our actions in trying to fix our fears. It can actually cause more fear in the other. And we, we might do something financially that brings us security, but causes anxiety on our spouse, causes them to feel more anxiety. And our solution oftentimes, you saw, is so you do something and they're saying it's not helping, so you just double down and do more of it, right? Where I'm gonna add more stuff to this barrier and I'm gonna add more stuff to this barrier and your spouse is over there going, it's not helping, this is not helping. And so this is important to, to learn how to communicate and understand these differences. And because when we do that, this vicious cycle can start and these arguments and resentments and frustrations. And a man's pursuit of financial security can actually harm a woman's sense of emotional security. And a woman's pursuit of emotional security can sometimes harm a man's sense of financial security. And if you don't know how to talk through these differences and understand them, they can really cause problems. So let me give you an example. A a while back, uh, my wife came to me and said, that she wanted to buy one of those uh, doorbell cameras for our back door. My initial thought is, men, you, you understand this. You, maybe you do. That's the dumbest idea I ever thought of. Now, I didn't say that out loud, right? Because that's dumb as well. Men, don't, don't say that. But, but in my mind, I'm thinking, wow, what a waste of money. We don't need that. What, what would be a better use for that money? Save it, right? We should just save it. That's my initial reaction to money. Let's just save a little more. Not for my wife. That's not her initial reaction because that's not her fear. She has different fears. She has emotional security issues. And she thought, I I need a a doorbell camera. So initially, I didn't, I I just kind of blew it off. I didn't take it seriously. But my wife is a gracious woman. And she came back and told me again, you know what? I think we need one of those doorbell uh, cameras. And and I'm thinking, and, and, and finally, it dawned on me. This is a real thing. This is a real issue for her. I'm slow sometimes, but she's gracious and she just kept gently reminding me, hey, we're gonna do something about this. And in my mind, again, I'm thinking this is a waste of time, a waste of money, but, but here's her perspective. We had recently had some firewood stolen from the side of our house. And so that caused some fear, some anxiety and hurt. And to close that emotional fear, that emotional security issue, doorbell camera was the answer. Wasn't my issue, not my cliff. I wasn't over here. I wasn't afraid of that at all. It's just me, just the way I'm wired. But she kept reminding me. And so then finally, we had to sit down and actually talk about it and, and, and ask the question, why, right? Because initially I'm thinking it's just a waste of money, but she's telling me the why. Why is this important? We talked about that last week, right? We have to know the why, both of us. And so we began to talk about the why and the importance of it. And, and, and here I'm thinking, well, we need to, to save more money. But here's the reality. It wasn't, we could afford it, number one. We could afford it and it really not affect our budget at all. And if we didn't save it, it wasn't gonna really affect our budget either because it's not a whole lot of money. So we could afford it and it would help provide her a sense of security that didn't resonate with me. But when I understood the purpose and the why and the why of it, then, then we did, we, we talked it through. Then I, I'm the researcher, she is too. We researched it and we got the doorbell camera. And this is so important to learn how to process. Now that's not always the case. 
that we do it that way or another way. But the key is, is that we had to come together so that I could get through my thick brain. This is important to me. Understand. So let me give you some tips in how to do all of this. One of the things that will help you the most is to really begin to understand what motivates you and what makes you afraid. What are your fears? What motivates you? What makes you afraid? You need to know yourself. And, and this is a tough one to know your why. And when things get hard, you need to ask yourself the question, why am I feeling this way? Why am I afraid? Why am I feeling this way? What's going on within me? And, and here's the thing. It can take a man up to seven hours to understand how he feels. Has this ever happened? It happens to me all the time. My wife will ask me, how are you feeling? And my answer is, I don't know. Any of you like that? Just, yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you, men. I appreciate that. Sometimes we don't know how we feel. And it can take us up to seven hours to figure it out. And so what we need a lot of times is, we talked last week about this, what we need is some space to figure out how we feel, but we also need you to give us a deadline. I know you don't know how you're feeling at the moment about this, but I need you to think about it and I need you by tomorrow morning, we're gonna have this conversation again and you're gonna tell me how you feel, right? That's what we need. So we have to, it takes us men longer to process feelings. Women can process feelings like this. They're a lot quicker. They're a lot better at it. Men, we don't process feelings as well. So we have to learn how to know ourselves, ask ourselves the question, how are we feeling? And, and, and need to be willing in the midst of the emotions to take the time to ask, why am I feeling the way I do? So that when it comes to money issues, you can really have a great conversation. I'm gonna cough. <coughs> Excuse me. Sorry to y'all online. Um, so, but it's a beautiful thing when we can come together and wrestle over our feelings and to know why we're feeling the way we do. That's first. A second thing that is vital in our conversation about money is to believe your spouse when they tell you what matters to them. Just believe them. If they say this matters, believe them. If your wife tells you that she's questioning if you love her because you're spending too much time at work, believe her. She means it. She's not just trying to get your attention. And women, if your husband says that he is worrying that his job isn't secure, believe him. It might seem irrational. It's not just a trick to get you to save money or to stay late at work. He would love to be home more, but he is afraid, typically. And so you need to believe your spouse when they say that they're afraid of something and understand and get down to the why. That brings me to an important tip that I think will help immediately. Show your spouse how to help you in a practical way and ask how you can help them. It's a little thing, but this is so important in communication. When you're talking about money, show your spouse how to help you in a practical way and ask how you can help them. So men, if you need a little time to figure out what you're thinking or, or to process, say, hey, give me, if it's an emergency, just say, hey, give me 20 minutes to process and to really think through it. And then we'll come back together. Just give me a little space. And, 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 and women, if, if you're saying, hey, what I need when this happens, I need you to do X, Y, or Z. I need you to be quiet and listen to my emotions, not solve it immediately. Listen to my emotions and provide the emotional security 
don't provide the financial security. And then we can work through problems. Does that make sense? So be specific. You have to verbalize. You have to use your words and be willing to change. And what can you change? And what are you hoping to achieve? This is so important. And then finally, begin to build your spouse up in ways that will help them through their insecurities. This is so important so that you can have an emotional bank account in between these struggles so that you're always communicating well. So for women, here's the thing about men. Men do need to hear that you love them, but even more importantly, they need to hear that they are appreciated, that they are enough because that's what we're dealing with. Are we enough? We need to hear, hey, good job on doing that. Thank you so much for, for doing X for our family. Thank you for, for, for working so hard. Thank you for those things because that's, that's what we're dealing with. Tell him that you appreciate what he does. And for men, your wife is questioning much more than you if they are loved and if they're lovable. If they're beautiful and special, they're questioning that more than you ever will. So every day she has these questions. So every day you need to strive to be answering these questions because that's what her fears are. Do those things that tell her that you choose her, that she's wonderful, that she's beautiful, all those things that you love. And and if you're upset, it's okay okay to go and clear your mind, but tell her, hey, we're okay. I just need a little time to to clear my head and then we'll come back and talk about it. This is so important. And, And don't do what I did at the beginning of our marriage. I told you I loved you. I'll let you know when it changes. Yeah, that's terrible, isn't it? It was a joke, but not really because that's part of how I'm wired, but that's not how she's wired. That's stupid, right? I was stupid. I admit it. But this emotional security is so important. And you might not be struggling with it, but most likely she is. And you need to work at making sure she feels secure. Now, again, we've joked and we've laughed about some of these things, but they're important because financial issues are one of the biggest issues that couples deal with. You'll also notice so far in our series on fight night conversations about money that we really haven't even talked about money. So men, let me give you a clue. These things apply to other things besides just money. So you might take notes. These things also apply on other fights or potential fights or conversations or issues going on in your relationship. But I would encourage you, here's your next step. If this is something that you and your spouse struggle with, that you have different fears, you process vastly differently, and you've been struggling with some of these things, I would encourage you to take time. And so maybe it's budgets. You know, we talked about how my wife and I struggled with understanding what a budget meant and how budgets make us feel. Sit down and talk through the why of why a budget makes you feel so that you can come to an understanding of how the other feels. And when they say something and you're like, that just doesn't make sense to me, it's okay that you don't understand it, but you need to know that that's how they feel. And you might even, you know, we had, we're back to back on these cliffs. You might even sit down in a chair if this is for men, especially who struggle with sharing feelings and just go back to back and and speak out to space what you're facing, this cliff of fear that you're looking at so that she can understand. Make sense? That would be your next step. So I want to invite our band to come back up as we uh, wrap up. And I want to pray for us for, uh, in just a second, as well as we, uh,
finish this conversation today about really how to come together and face our fears, really about how we can come together and and believe the best of each other, how we can come together and really process through and have those conversations and learn to fight well and not give up. That's the thing I would say, don't give up. But let's go to God in prayer. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for this conversation that we can have and that you indeed created us male and female, that you've given us gifts and a way to process information that might be different, but it's a beautiful thing because we each have gifts that can, we can bring to the table that make us who we are. Help us to relish these differences and to enjoy them and to use them for our benefit instead of arguing and fighting. Help us to, to dig down deep in these conversations. And Lord, I pray for some couples right now who might be listening that are even wounded in the moment, who are wounded and, and, and aren't even sure how to, to go about approaching the subject. Lord, would you offer grace to both right now even? Would you protect? Would you begin even now heal? Would you begin even now to bring about a good conversation that leads to deeper intimacy with you? Because it's not about the money, it's about how money makes us feel. And your creation is good, oh God. And we have been blessed beyond measure. So we thank you in this moment. And we pray in Jesus' holy name, amen.